0: Welcome to the Rookie Mortgage Broker Podcast with your host, Scott Peckford. Hey, Broker Nation. Scott Peckford here. Welcome to the Island B Rookie Mortgage Broker Podcast. Every Friday, we talk to a rookie who's making waves in the mortgage industry and find out what the heck they're doing to succeed in today's ultra-competitive market. Today on the show, of have Jared Shaw. He's based out of Lethbridge, Alberta. And in his first 12 months, he funded 110 mortgages for 37000000 million. You're like, wait, Scott, not possible. How did he do it? Did he do something illegal? No, he didn't do anything illegal. So a couple of backstory on Jared. Previously, he was in banking and private banking, had a pretty decent network. And so for sure, he had an advantage over some of you who are listening and you're like, wow, that's pretty impressive. However, he gives some great advice that anybody should follow, even if you're brand new and you don't have a background in banking. First, he talks about how in his first 15 to 20 days, he literally reached out to 250 people in his network, told them what he was doing, had a connection, and that really helped catapult his business. He also talked about how, Having difficult conversations with your clients or realtor are really important. And we even break it down into a little script. I say, okay, pretend you got to tell me something that you don't want to tell me. And he walks me through exactly what he says. And if you're listening to this and you're new, you're gonna to have to tell people no sometimes. And it's great to learn how to do it well, do it with grace and preserve the relationship. And Jared literally puts on a clinic. So I'm not surprised that he's doing so well. Before we jump in that episode, I wanna give a shout out to our title sponsor FinMo. So FinMo is a Canadian mortgage application, document collection, submission platform. So many cool features, very easy to use for borrowers, easy for brokers. They got this new feature called Smart Submission Notes, so it starts to actually figure out what the note should look like by the time you go hit submit. The notes come in there, as well as when you're gonna hit it to a lender, it shows you the lender guidelines. You can double check, wait wait a second, I don't wanna send it in, that's not gonna fit. Waste your time, waste the lender's time. Check them out at finmo.ca. Hey, Jared, welcome to the show.
1: Hey, thanks a lot, Scott, big fan for sure. Thanks for having me. So
0: tell me a little bit about yourself and where you're from.
1: Yeah, I live in Lethbridge, Alberta right now. Grew up in Kimberly, D.C., actually, but moved out to Lethbridge about 15 years ago for school and met my wife here, of course, and we've stayed ever since. And we've got two kids, three and a half, four and a half years old, two girls. Definitely busy there. My wife's also a CPA, so she's slammed right now. So life is busy. It's great, but definitely busy. Spent 12, 13 years or so in the corporate banking world. And about a year and a half ago, 14 months ago, give or take, decided to step away from that and do something on my own. And yeah, try to utilize some of my skill sets to my advantage. And yeah, so became an agent, a broker here, yeah, 14 months ago or so, and hit the ground running. Being a busy start for sure. And yeah, just busy, always busy, always something going on. It seems like. But yeah, I don't. Yeah, you've had uh, a fantastic
0: like your 14 months. You're absolutely flying. And I'm going to get into some of that in a minute. But so, did you start full-time, part-time? You were in banking. Did you go, okay, dip my toe in it, or did you have to go in both feet?
1: Yeah, no, I went in full-time for sure. But, you know, thinking about, I guess, 14 months ago, full-time when you just start, you're not full-time with clients, you're not full-time writing deals. It was more full-time, of, like, preparing my business plan and communicating with partners and just getting my name out there probably for the first three or four months. And it was fairly slow from a volume perspective. But once some of those communications and some of those conversations started actually you know, hitting the ground and coming to fruition, I think that's when I truly became full-time in the industry and writing deals and things like that. But yeah, I definitely started full-time with full intention that I needed to make a success out of this and I needed to drive it. And yeah, I spent eight to 10 hours a day just building the plan. And like I said, communicating with a ton of people, partners, previous networks, things like that. But didn't really start making any money or, or getting any volume for probably three, four months until I jumped into it.
0: Okay. So a couple of questions on that. How long did it take you to get your first file?
1: First file was queued up, ready to go. It was probably actually within a week, but then the second file might've been three weeks, third file, like maybe four Where did it come from? It Where did those out. first
0: couple of files what? come from? Do you remember?
1: Friends, family. Okay. For sure. Yeah. And I think they were both, my first two files were actually refinances. Yeah. It was friends. Both of them were friends. And then once I started to get... Again, some of my name out there with some partners and previous connections and things like that. That's when the referral system started to kick in. But, yeah, the first few deals were definitely this like, hard self-sourced me saying, like, hey, let me do this for you. Like, I yeah, I can something. help you. So, yeah, totally. Okay,
0: so you had a background in corporate banking, a little bit of private banking. You're also managing. Like, So you have a lot of a depth of experience in banking. What did you tell people who knew you from your previous career? So if I knew you from one of those other roles that you had – What was that conversation like? How did you reach out to me? And then what would you say to me to say, hey, I know you know me from here. Now I'm doing why? i I'm curious.
1: Yeah, no, that was pretty much your state right there, Scott, was I did have for my private banking role, definitely some really awesome connections within the industry, pretty much all across Southern Alberta, to be honest. And what I had to do is be obviously very careful because those aren't necessarily my clients. They were the previous employer's clients. So I didn't go and solicit them and say, hey, like, I want your mortgage. I know I did this for you, whatever. But I was pretty um, careful in that sense and definitely respected the relationship that those clients have with their previous employer and whatnot. But yeah, what I did was a lot of LinkedIn messages, a lot of Facebook messages, and it was more or less a canned message that just said, hey, left the bank, here's what I'm doing now, and didn't really solicit any business, but more or less just build awareness of here's You were what just I'm doing saying, now.
0: okay, so when you do this, you, know, you didn't say, hey, send me business. You're just like, hey, just let you know, I've made a change. This is what I'm doing. And then what kind exactly. of response did you get from that?
1: Yeah, lots of excitement and like a lot of holy shits, to be honest, like, holy shit, man, I thought you were a lifer over there, right? And so I got a lot of that, a lot of surprise, but also a lot of excitement and support for me and doing my own thing. I probably reached out, I think my goal is to reach out to 250 people within my first 15 or 20 days, either by Facebook and either personal message, not just like a Facebook post. So it was a personal message to an email, a phone call, a text message. Did you reach out to 250 people? Yeah, I think I ended up about 270 when I was done.
0: And then what percentage of those were email, direct message and phone?
1: Yeah, no, I'd say probably 100 of those were going to be through LinkedIn, because I do have a pretty good following on LinkedIn and a really good network on LinkedIn. So most of those were LinkedIn. Emails was a little bit more tricky just because I didn't have all of these contacts, email addresses. Right. I did dig up a lot of email addresses, like from their websites or... If it was you know, publicly available, business.
0: basically, you could find yeah,
1: exactly. it. exactly. Only if it was publicly available. Yeah, A ton of people on Facebook, for sure, got personalized messages from me. And then definitely a lot of phone calls and text messages. But I'd say most of it was from LinkedIn. I think I sent over 100 messages on LinkedIn.
0: Okay. So basically, if you guys are listening to this, whatever your previous career is, do exactly what Jared did, which is... You need to be reaching out to, and that's a great goal, 250 people in 20 days. You know, 200 people in 20 days, you should be like, just everybody needs to know what you're doing. So did that turn into any leads from you that you can remember?
1: Yeah, it sure did. And that's where I said I spent most of my time in that first few months is just building that communication line and building out that network. And again, just making people aware of what I do. But yeah, so I started that in November. And by February, March of last year, like it was full on especially during the time in the market. I mean, spring's obviously a busy time in the market. It's pretty much every I would think. Yeah, it started to come in full force, I would say, in March. And it's just, again, a result of those contacts that I had sent out probably, you know, November, December. And, and then,
0: so, if you don't mind me asking, so last year, how many mortgages did you fund in 2021? So, this would be your first yeah, year. I think
1: so. I did 110 or 111 mortgages in 2021.
0: So, what would the volume of that be?
1: Ended up with just over $37 million.
0: Right. And you're it. in Lethbridge. So if you were in Toronto, that number would be, you'd be averaging 600,000, probably five, 600. So that would be like 60 million. So, you know, volume is not really the good, a good measure as much of your productivity as units. Like 110 loans yeah. is a lot of loans. Dude, that's a phenomenal start to your business. And yeah. kudos to you for being able to like hit the ground running. So I got a couple of questions as well on that. So how did you manage to underwrite that many files? So mortgage business, even though you come a banking background, there is a difference between banking and being a mortgage broker just because there's more nuance. There's just so many more options. So how are you able to do that many files?
1: Yeah, great question. So it's kind of funny because in private banking for the company that I worked for, I underwrote most of the deals. But there's so much flexibility in what I could actually get done for clients. And there are rules within the bank, but those rules were more, more or less guidelines. Like You get through a lot of stuff. So I was expecting that to be the same in the broker world when I came over there's none of that in the broker channel. I mean, there's some lenders out there, of course, that will move and flex a little bit with you, but it's pretty rigid, actually. And that was a huge surprise for me. So just your point on banking for a kind of a smaller Alberta-based bank versus the whole broker world is very, very much different for me, what I was expecting. So I didn't actually underwrite any of those files. I work for a brokerage right now that has, I think it's a Fairly rare model. I know there are a few out there, but it's there rare. There are some. Yeah, I've,
0: I've seen them. They're not as common.
1: Like we have a team. I think there's three or four administrators on our team that will handle all of our paperwork in terms of, like, doc prep and docu-signs, and, you know, when we send them pay stubs and things like that, they'll create the folder for us. But then we also have a team of underwriters, and they're all licensed underwriters. They all kick butt. They're amazing at what they do. Where it allows me to focus on the client, the relationship, and then just building my network, even further because I'm not bogged down in the underwriting. And what I found is the underwriting process is far more difficult than I had anticipated. Not that I do it now, but jumping in with them, like they have so many moving parts and every bank is different. Every lender is different on what you submit how you submit it, the order you submit it in. And that's not at all what I am good at whatsoever. Right. So I mean, yeah, like within our brokerage, I 100% would not have been able to produce the volume I did without the model that this brokerage has. And like I said, just great people, great underwriters. They're all in it for us. They do everything they can to get our deals done because they're measured on their productivity as well within the brokerage. Not totally certain how they're paid. I believe it's like salary or something like that. But at the end of the day, I have split with my brokerage. And I think that split likely goes towards some of that. It's not per deal. But yeah. yeah. So basically,
0: I guess the long and short of it is, is that use focused on business development and sales and you had support on the underwriting side and you already understood how to talk mortgages and then in terms of you saying you're touching on the fact that it was easier at the bank just people are aware you're in private banking which is a whole other world like private banking versus just retail banking is a different animal and you're dealing with different clientele and you're right what i see the exceptions and the things that get done there is a different rule book for private banking and for kind of the higher net worth clients so it makes sense that you're like, "Hey, wait a second. This is not the same year, right? But that's amazing though. It's yeah. still, dude, like hats off to you for putting in the hustle and being able to convert that, you know, from the bank into the broker channel." So, what are the three things you think help you be the most successful this year?
1: I guess it takes back to my previous experience in private banking. That is all about relationships and communication all the way. I don't think it's any different in this industry, and I find that my competitive advantage and my I guess, awareness of the importance of communication is really, I think, the foundation of why I was so successful this year, because when you communicate very well with your client, and almost more importantly, if you communicate well with your partners, being realtors or lawyers, like that's where the referral networks really start to kick in. Realtors obviously care deeply about their clients, but they also care deeply about getting that deal done. So if you can communicate with a lawyer within obviously compliance and no disclosing information, you shouldn't. We don't do any of that. But if you keep them in the loop along the way, either by way of email, text message, calls, and just say, "Hey, here's where we're at with the file. You can expect to hear from me again in a day. Appraisal's booked on this day. You should get a call from the appraiser." Just any kind of communication. If they're in the loop, I found that they begin to trust me more and then you see more of their clients, which is, I think, again, one of the core reasons why I was successful this year because I have a really great network of realtors who trust me to keep them in the loop and trust me to get their deal done for them. And I have a really high funding ratio, actually. It's because I communicate so well with clients prior to even submitting the deal that I know if it's going to get done or not. I don't just throw shit at the wall and hope it sticks. I mean, I work through it. With the client and communicate with them and their realtor and their lawyer and just try to make sure everybody's on the same page so we can all get done what we need to get done and that's to get that client in that house so i'd say communication is probably the biggest success i've had this year next piece i would probably just say like being intentional about the work that we do is super important i mean making sure like every conversation you have, you're present with the clients. You're not just looking to get a transaction done and trying to peel it away from just purely transactional conversation to again, building a relationship. And I'm not saying making friends with people, if that happens, great. Yeah. But I think if you're intentional with those conversations and making sure people actually understand the process for one is critical. But yeah, I think just having real genuine conversations and not being afraid to have difficult conversations if you need to. I think that again, this builds more trust. It builds integrity, and it builds a stronger reputation versus shying away from those tough conversations or just closing your eyes and hoping that shit doesn't go sideways. You right, know? right. That's what I see in the industry. Is like if I get deals from either banks or sometimes other brokers that, you know, is referred to me by somebody. And a lot of the time, it's like, hey, my broker didn't even tell me what was happening. They just said declined, and that was it. Or all kinds of different things. Right. So I think. Right. Just being, like I said, just really intentional with the conversation and the transparency about what we need to do to get the deal done. I think that really helps. And then the last piece, I think, is just perseverance for somebody coming brand new into an industry that I thought was very different. I thought it was going to be easy to get deals done. I thought everybody would just immediately trust me in terms of the lenders and stuff like that. But I
0: think you knocked it out of the park. Maybe it took a few months to get going, but like 110 mortgages and... 12 months is impressive. I know people who've been in the business for 10 years that aren't doing that. Like, you know, not because for a variety of reasons, but
1: yeah, I appreciate that. And like I said, though, I was expecting like credibility and trust from lenders immediately. And I still don't have that with some, right? So yeah, when I was in private banking, I had a ton of credibility and a ton of trust within my own company. And I was expecting that when I stepped into this role, because I just thought every bank and every broker was just doing the right thing and submitting good deals, which I've totally opened up a whole new other market that I wasn't even exposed to before. I didn't right. even know existed in the private lending and B lending. And so it was a bit of a culture shock there. So I think, yeah, like I said, perseverance and just like, holy shit, did I do the right thing here? Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think just like plowing through and trusting the reason why I went into this business in the first place and just constantly reminding myself like, hey, you're in the right spot here's what you need to do to be successful and just keep kind of breaking down some of those internal barriers I had and that I was facing yeah. with the total culture shock and what this industry is actually about.
0: Right. So communication is the killer app, as you talked about. That's a key piece. Being really intentional about how you treat your clients is important. I think that goes back to another form of communication or at least setting expectations. Hey, we can do this, we can't. You also talked about having difficult conversations. I think A lot of people, I always say your growth is limited by your ability to have difficult conversations. If you don't want to have them, you'll bury your head in the sand. So can you think of an example of a difficult conversation you had with a client or a realtor? And maybe can you just frame it for me? Because I do think you have an advantage of 12, 13 years of banking and having skills at this. Not everybody does. So I'm curious what you do there.
1: Something I learned from one of my previous VPs, and this is like dating like 10 years back. I remember him saying, it's not a no, it's just a not right now. Not that I use those exact words, but when I'm having a tough conversation with a client and they're either having to decline them, it's not just like, okay, sorry, you don't get the mortgage. It's here's what we're going to need to do to get to that point. I know it's like really disappointing right now that we can't say yes to this, but I'll work with you and we're going to come up with a strategy to make it happen. And if you're up with that, like I'm all in, I'll work with you. And if it takes a year, let's do it. And I've actually have a deal that is going to be approved today. And I'm like, super proud of this, not so much for myself, but like really proud of my client, because it was probably eight months ago. And I'm talking like 550 beacons, not a ton of debt, like we're talking probably five to $6,000 in debt. But for their income level, that was a lot of debt. Mm -hmm. right? So I gave them some strategies, and I stayed in touch with them every kind of couple months. Well, not even a couple months, probably every month, And it was a tough conversation because she didn't totally understand why she couldn't get a mortgage. It was her first time. She's 55, 60 years old and trying to provide for her family, but couldn't get a mortgage on this house that they were trying to sell under her. All kinds of stuff was happening. She was super emotional about it, which is fair and fine. But I think just me reassuring her that if she was able to work with me on building a strategy on how we're going to get to a yes, That we'd get to a yes. This is not even bullshit. Like today, I'm getting a commitment letter from MCAP for her. She doesn't know it yet. But I can tell you, Scott, when I have that conversation, she's going to be super emotional. She's going to be stoked. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. Like it is. And this is a one year relationship that I've been working on. Mm -hmm. And we got her from probably not even be able to get a B landing to now getting an insured deal at $450,000 for her and her kids right that's awesome dude yeah yeah conversation up front because she didn't totally understand it but i just kind of told her like if you trust me we will get there and it's taken a year to get there but we turned a deal that banks wouldn't even look at wouldn't give her the time of day into a yes literally as of today and like it kind of gives me goosebumps I know what that conversation is going to be like with her. Yeah, dude, that's awesome. That's so cool. Now. So I'm pumped for her, man. Super pumped for her. Yeah,
0: those are kind of even more satisfying because you know that this person had to go through perseverance in order to get there and you're playing the long game. It's amazing. So, some rapid fire questions, you can answer shorter answers. What's one thing people can't find about you from Google?
1: I used to competitively fight in Muay Thai with
0: really i'm doing muay thai i do muay thai lessons i do not fight i have no interest oh, nice. in fighting
1: i did it yeah 2005 to 2008 or so and I how many fights Thailand did you do i did nine nine fights yeah i did three mma fights and six kickboxing fights my Right.
0: oh dude yeah. if you ever come to Kelowna, we gotta go for a beer and chat ah, uh, love that stuff okay what's a movie everybody should watch probably, at least once
1: probably the goonies it's always a classic
0: it's a good one yeah, that was a good movie what are three programs or digital tools you can't run your business without
1: Let's say HubSpot, for sure, for CRM and client management. Zoom, absolutely. Yeah, I closed 110 deals this year. and I think I met three people face-to-face. So Zoom is absolutely critical in what I do. And also Velocity. I love the system. I love how I can send clients an application and I don't actually have to key it in. So that saves me a time at home. Probably those three.
0: What's the best advice you received as a new mortgage broker?
1: It was from a realtor. Probably right at the start, and I was talking about this big marketing budget that I wanted to spend and billboards and ads and benches and all this stuff, which is, I think, partially important. But they said, spend your time and money building relationships with partners and not just on print ads and things like that. And I focused on that. And yeah,
0: did you do any advertising?
1: Not yet. I have a Facebook page, but not yet. I haven't done any advertising. We're going to hit it, I think, this year, though, because we have a new brand and a new company launching in March. So uh yeah, I think we're gonna get some awareness out there with that.
0: Get on TikTok, man. I'm telling you. I know guys crushing it on TikTok with mortgages. People think that you can't get mortgages off there. It's just 20 year olds shaking their booties, but it's yeah. not. And it's extremely sure. addictive. I turned that thing on three hours ago, I'm like, what just happened? I feel like I've gone down four IQ points. Yeah. Anything that addictive is attracting people. So
1: yeah, good to know. I'll definitely take that advice.
0: Okay. So knowing what you know now, is there anything you do different if you were to start over?
1: Yeah, I'd probably start earlier to be honest. There was an opportunity when I left private banking to do this, and I was like, nah, I'm gonna, you know, stick with my comfortable little salary here and just kind of necessarily go through the motions because I've always worked hard." But I wish I had started this three, four years ago. Right, you'd be doing 100 million, yeah, man, man well, if you wanted to. that, <laughs> but yeah, I think if I started earlier, I'd be in a really good spot now, and I still am in a good spot, but wish I had started a bit earlier. Right,
0: it's awesome. Well, hey, man, great to get to meet you, Jared. Where can people find you online?
1: We have a. Facebook page, of course, it's called Shaw Barbosa Mortgage Team. I do have a partner that, like I said, we're building our company. It's called Merge Mortgage Group, M-E-R-G-E. Our website will be launched on March 1st. Obviously, I'm fairly active on LinkedIn. Jared Shaw is obviously my name, so you can just find me on LinkedIn there. That's really it. I do have a website, jaredshaw.ca, your typical DLC website, which is good. But we will be launching our new one here uh, in March.
0: Nice. Okay, man, well, great to chat with you. You know, Congrats on all your success.
1: Of course, thanks a lot again. Definitely a big fan of the show and yeah, looking forward to keep listening.
0: All right. Thanks again for listening to this episode. Fantastic example of Jared really just reaching out to his network, taking advantage of what he had in front of him and just hitting the ground running. Amazing, amazing story. If you're listening to this and you're new and you're like, Scott, I don't know how to do that. I don't have that network. Don't worry. We can help check out rookie to rockstar.ca. We have a training there. I walk you through exactly how we help new mortgage brokers have success. Check that out. And thanks again for checking out this episode.
1: This is an I love mortgage brokering production.